A lot changes in 40 years. 40 years ago, God fought for Israel against a savage Sisera and his thousands of savage soldiers and their nearly 1,000 chariots of iron. But that was 40 long years ago. A lot changes in 40 years. Over the next four decades, Israel forgot God and they spiraled back into sin. They ran far and fast from God. God stirred up another nemesis, this time the Midianites, not to be confused with the Mennonites. And the Midianites bullied Israel for seven years. Israel worked hard in the spring to plant their crops, but before they could harvest them in the fall to feed their families, here came Midian, along with their neighboring ne'er-do-wells. They covered Israel like swarms of locusts. They marched in and took over, and they and their too-many-to-count camels camped in Israel's freshly farmed fields. Like that eerie feeling on a weird, warm day, Israel knew a tornado was coming. They cut out caves and hideouts in the mountains for the next time they saw the Midianites coming. And when they did, they holed up in those holes and they watched helplessly as Midian robbed and pillaged another time. The Midianites had to have fun watching Israel run. The Midianites pillaged Israel all the way into poverty. If Israel didn't do something, they would starve to death. Finally, after seven years of being bullied, Israel cried out to God for help. Should have done that a lot earlier. And God heard. And God sent a prophet. Then he sent an angel. And he was about to send a hero. Just not the one they expected, but he was the one they needed. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Pitchers, Torches, and Trumpets. Oh, my. On Simplify. The angel had to wonder if his GPS directions were for somebody else. He found Israel's courageous deliverer hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat in a wine press. It is harder to find something right with this picture than to find something wrong with it. A wine press is the wrong place to work with wheat. And it testified that the Midianites had stripped all Israel's vineyards. Otherwise, the wine press wouldn't be empty enough for Gideon to work with wheat just to feed his starving family. Then the angel read from his notes, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The angel held back a chuckle. Gideon couldn't hold back a chuckle. The angel looked for somebody else. Gideon looked for somebody else, but there was nobody else. There's no way the angel of the Lord is calling this man who is hiding from the Midianites a mighty man of valor. But there's nobody else in the same zip code. Gideon would be God's man to lead God's people. Then Gideon asked the question for all humanity. He asked the question all of us ask, If God is with us, why are we going through this? You've probably asked that. I've certainly asked that. For Israel, they had forsaken the God who delivered them from Egypt and from Ammon and from every other enemy. But as soon as God set them free, they ran right back into the idolatrous arms of every other God except God. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we do suffer because of our sin. Sometimes we suffer because of life. But either way, God is with us to forgive us and to help us. God did not answer Gideon's why do bad things happen to good people question. God simply gave Gideon marching orders. 
You will save Israel from the Midianites. From the too many camels to count, Midianites. And the Lord asked a question of his own. Have not I sent you? Well, that should be enough. But it wasn't. Gideon fired back an excuse. (laughs) I'm the smallest And my family is the smallest in Israel, so I'm the smallest of the smallest family in Israel. That means I'm the smallest. And God sang the same song right back to Gideon. Surely I will be with you, and you'll defeat the mighty multiplied Midianites as one man. Okay, that should be enough. But it wasn't. Gideon needed more than the voice of God. He needed a sign from God. The angel of the Lord rolled up his celestial sleeves and set a sacrifice on fire. Then. Poof, he was gone. That should be enough. But it wasn't. Gideon asked God for another sign. If Gideon was going to come out of hiding into broad daylight to face off against the playground bullies, he needed to know that he knew that God was with him. God graciously obliged. Gideon set out a fleece of wool on the ground and asked God, if if you're really with us, would you rain down dew on the fleece but keep the rest of the ground dry? Never seen that happen before. Don't even know if God wants to do that, but let's give that a shot. And sure enough, God rained down dew on the fleece and kept the ground dry, just like Gideon ordered off the menu, the secret menu. That should be enough. But it wasn't. Gideon asked God for the inverse. God obliged. When Gideon woke in the morning, the fleece of wool was completely dry, but the ground was soaked around it. That should be enough. And it was. And it was just in time because the Midianites and their compadres were marshalling their men to fight. They were going to fight against Israel. Gideon had a following of about 32,000 men, but they were against an army that could not be counted. Then the story takes a strange corkscrew twist. God told Gideon, you, you, you have way too many men. When you win this war and you will win this war, you will get the glory, not God. And although Israel might be tired of the Midianites pushing them around and pillaging their villages, they did not have the manpower or firepower to win this war, but God did. The only way to show Israel that God won this war for them, much like he defeated Sisera and his savage hordes, was to thin out the ranks. So Gideon did. He told them, if you're afraid you'll march into battle and not march out, you can go home right now. 22,000 left. Now they only had 10,000 left. God tapped General Gideon on the shoulder and said, hmm, still too many. Gideon was floored. God, I didn't major in math, but I'm pretty sure we're outmanned and outgunned. How, How do you want me to thin out the ranks this time? You want me to take them to the brook and watch how they drink water? Okay. Gideon marched his reduced troops to the brook and watched them drink water. Only 300 of them drank as they looked around to make sure everything was safe. Situational awareness. And God said, I can use them. Send the other 9,700 home. Israel had a formidable fighting force of 300 against a ruthless, merciless enemy too many to be counted. That would have been a good time to say, okay, if you're afraid now, you can go home. But he didn't. And thankfully, 
God was finished dishonorably discharging the troops. Now it was time for war. Gideon marched his miniature army to the armory for weapons, and that's when Gideon had some more interesting news to share with his soldiers. He started handing out water pitchers and trumpets and torches. Three hundred men, pitchers, torches, and trumpets. Oh, my! And Almighty God. That's what Gideon went to war with. He snuck up to the enemy's camp for a little recon mission to see and hear what was happening over there, and he overheard one enemy soldier tell another enemy soldier about a dream he had where God, through Gideon, took out the whole Midianite camp. Gideon, for the first time, heard fear in their voices. One soldier winced and said, "Mm, that's the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Gideon had no idea they were afraid of him and his God as he was afraid of them. And right then and there, God baptized Gideon with courage. Gideon worshiped God because he knew we're about to win this thing. He returned to his micro army with that newfound courage. He divided his 300 men army into three companies and gave each soldier a torch to put inside an empty pitcher. And he gave them a trumpet to sound. And he told them, when I sound the trumpet, you play that trumpet with all you got. Doesn't matter if you played clarinet in fifth grade band. You are a trumpeter tonight. And you yell as loud as you can, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I want them to know God and I are coming. Right around midnight, Israel's micro army assembled outside enemy lines and right on Gideon's signal. They blew the trumpets, they broke the pitchers, and they shouted their war cry. And when they did, God rose up before Israel and sent Midian into a panic. They were so confused, so surprised, they drew their swords and turned on each other. Multiplied Midianites died of friendly fire. Others ran for their lives from a fistful of people with pitchers and torches and trumpets. Oh my! Remember, these were the same brazen bullies who pushed Israel around and destroyed their crops for the last seven years, who spiraled them into starvation. But God had stood up and was fighting for Israel, and Midian did not stand a chance. When Gideon realized he had the enemy armies on the run, he drafted troops from other tribes to finish off the enemy, and they finished them off. And Scripture records in Judges 8 verse 28, Midian never recovered. No way Israel wins that war without the help of God. Thank God they didn't have to try because God was on their side. And thank God he is on ours. Israel needed to repent of their sin and turn back to God and place God first. And they did. As long as they were running from the Midianites and as long as Gideon was leading them as their judge, they lived in peace and prosperity for 40 years. But as soon as Gideon died, Israel went right back to what brought on the Midianites 40 years ago. They went right back to idol worship. And Judges 8 verse 34 records their haunting history. Israel forgot God. No doubt God has won victories for you that you could not win on your own. But hear me, the most dangerous place to be is when you feel safe. Because in those times, you'll forget the reason you are safe is because God brought you out. When you're no longer fighting the battles you used to fight, you're likely in the most dangerous place you can be, even though you feel safe. 
I pray Gideon's story, I pray Israel's story will help to change our story so we don't repeat their mistakes and suffer their consequences. When God wins the war for you, when you come out victorious and you wave the flag of victory, may you point to God and give him all the glory. It's very simple, really. When we win, give God the glory and don't forget it was all because of him. Let's take some time right now and pray. I heard somebody wisely say, you're either in a battle, coming into a battle, or going out of a battle. So wherever you are, if you're in it, I pray the Lord would call you to look to him and cry out to him, and he will fight for you. If you're coming out of a battle, that you would give God the glory and praise and thank him that he brought you through and he brought you out of it. And if you're going into one, pray that God would minister and keep you through the battle teach you what you need to learn and he needs you to learn in that battle and keep you all the way through it. So when he comes all the way through it for you, you'll give him the glory. Lord Jesus, I love you and I thank you. You have won wars and battles for us. We could not win on our own. We admit it, readily admit it. If it were not for the Lord on our side, I don't know where I'd be, but I thank you. You are on our side. I don't have to know. I don't have to wonder where I'd be. You are on our side. Help us never to forget you. Help us to always give you the glory. Every time you win a battle for us, every time you win a victory for us, may we always give you glory. Never fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And may we point to you whenever people see what you have done in our lives. May we point to you and say, it was all because of God. We love you today. Help us, help us, Jesus, to live a life for your glory, leaning and looking to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Simplify listeners. Be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share. Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Pick up there are three resources, soon to be three. Simplify the devotional, 10 words, the practical look at the Ten Commandments, and then coming this Friday, let's write Friday, 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 coming this Friday. Blessed are a practical look at the Beatitudes. It will be live on PentecostalPublishing.com. You can pick up the book, and very soon it'll be available for Audible as well. Ten Words and Blessed Are will soon be available on Audible. Ten Words already is, Blessed Are will be. So pick up those resources there at PentecostalPublishing.com and use promo code SIMPLIFY. If you've not used it before, you can get 10% off your entire order. I'd love to know how the podcast is helping you, blessing you, if you listen to it on the way to work, on the way home, where, wherever you are, whatever. If you have an episode that you have been blessed by, would you reach out to me? My social media is very simple. My Facebook page is lj.harry, and my Twitter and Instagram is LJ and Andrea, L-J-A-N-D-A-N-D-R-E-I. I'd love to hear from you if Simplify has been a blessing to you. Next week, we continue our walk through the book of Judges, and I want to share with you a devotion called I Vowed a Vow. Looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.